what's going on everybody we're here with Tate Hammer or Twisted Tate whichever you guys prefer he is the owner of Atomic Championship Wrestling based out of Reading not Reading Pennsylvania where are you based out of? Oh, like Lancaster Reading you know we do both areas so. okay and he is also uh, they also have a women's division the Rogue Women Warriors uh, as part of their company and we're just here to find out a little bit more about the promotion about Atomic Championship Wrestling, what they have to offer, and uh, a little bit about Tate himself, how he got into the business aspect of things. So, yeah, I'm going to put it out there. We just screwed up. I just screwed up the show. I started it off with my mic off, which actually some of you may prefer. Um, when Tate, when did you get into wrestling in general? What, what time in your life did you go, uh, I want to do this kind of deal? That's kind of always been one of those things, you know, just like, uh, I guess it's a common answer with, um, you know, falling in love with it when you're a child and just um, try to find a place to uh, learn and, and, you know, go to train at, and uh, it's pretty much what happened. Who was your favorite wrestler growing up? I'm sure you've never been asked that. Oh, <laughs> man. I was a huge Von Erichs fan. Really? Um, yeah, Von Erichs, uh, Dusty Rhodes. Um, yeah, Dusty. I loved the WWF Dusty back in the day. Uh, it was just really kind of cool. people yeah. hated that version. The yeah, it, was, it, just, version. It, it just proved, given something terrible, that you could that he you know he could make it work, and I mean, he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, sure. Now the Von Eric. How did how did Kerry Von Eric? For those of you who don't know, how did he wrestle with one freaking foot, and you couldn't even really tell? Uh, you know, what? It's, it's interesting to say that because I was. Uh, having some sleeping issues of the night and I was on YouTube and there's actually a match where his foot popped off. Really? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can tell a little bit because he, he disappears underneath the ring and doesn't come back out for a while. <laughs> um, but then he comes back out and uh, wrestles the match like nothing ever happens. So, um, Most of the time you can't tell. He, I mean, yeah. I didn't really watch him when he was younger and not in WWF. But, you know, he... I couldn't tell. I didn't no, know no, you, you, you really couldn't miss a beat. I mean, the whole time he was a Texas Tornado, he had no foot, you know. So, yeah, I mean, insane. he was good enough to win the Intercontinental title back then. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, wrestling without wrestling without a foot. I guess, uh, you know, he, he made it look easy. So, you got into it at a, at a young age. You were obviously a WWF fan then. Yeah. Because, you know, you mentioned the WWF Dusty and, and things like that. So... World, world class was made more readily available because at four o'clock on ESPN. Okay. Um, you know, after school, run and watch world class. It was on almost every day. So, you know, you got WWF. You know, Saturday and Sunday morning. Sometimes Saturday night's main event. And then the occasional pay per view. You know, going way back before the days of Raw and SmackDown and all sure. that stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, world class was like readily available to us. So we, we we just watched world class. You know, it's like okay. So wait, now now we're now we're aging ourselves. How old are you? I just turned 38 the other day. Oh, that's not too bad. You're only seven years older than me. And I'm, I'm going to be thir- so six, really, because I'm going to be 32 at the end of this month. So, But I, I, that, was, that was before me. I don't remember anything with World Class. Yeah, it, it was weird because, you know, we watched World Class and then you see the Dingo Warrior. Yeah. And a couple months later, he's the ultimate warrior. And you're like, nah, that guy's a Dingo Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like stuff like that. So you That's kind of weird now with what's going on with the uh, NXT and then they get to WWE and it's like, why won't they just keep the names yeah, like they know, it's a little like Kevin Owens. He's Kevin Steen, and he's a he's a big star down there. And then they come up. What is Owens over Steen? Marketability. Like, uh, probably the probably the, the reason why they did it is because he probably owns the name Kevin Steen. So uh, they, you know, he probably didn't want to sell it to them. So he they just branded him Kevin Owens. You know, so that's probably intellectual property. Yeah, yeah, it all comes down to zeros. Yeah. 
So, all right, so you got to start at a young age. Where did you first start training? Um, I started training in September of 97 at uh, Steve Blackman's wrestling school in, no uh, shit. in Harrisburg. Steve Blackman. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting time, an interesting setup, a really crazy hard ring. And, uh, you know, we only got to see Steve every once in a while. But um, he's another a legit guy. badass dude. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a monster. He's huge. Uh, at the time, I was in pretty good shape, and uh, he just made me look like nothing. And I think <laughs> I weighed like 40 pounds more than him, and he was like three times my size. No shit. Well, he looked jacked every time he came on the WWF TV back then. It was him and Shamrock. Where it was like the big rivalry back then. Yeah, we actually got to see Shamrock because Shamrock swung by the school one time when they were in Hershey. So, yeah, he's, he's kind of a monster, too. He is a monster. Well, I don't know how much was a jit because he's looked like that since he was 25 in the early UFC days. He was a... Oh, he's open. It's not uh, not all him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> giant, giant freaking like uh, oil, oil veins running down his arms. The guy's massive. Um, so, you started training there and then uh, where, was that where you had your first match? No, um, unfortunately, uh, during a couple months into training, I uh, was going through the routine training and taking some bumps and stuff, and uh, I had some like really crazy low back pain. I was like, oh man, what is this? So I went home, took a couple Advil, and went to sleep, and got up the next day to go to work, and uh, was in excruciating pain. Got halfway to work and ended up making a left to go to the hospital, and ended up uh, having some kidney stones. Oh. Um, I was, you know, trying to get a lot bigger at the time and taking uh, creatine and androstine all over the counter. Uh, yeah. Um, and it ended up uh, causing kidney stones. So I was told to take a month off. And when I went back, the school was gone. No shit. Closed up. Yeah. Never heard a word. Never got anything. Unfortunately, I had paid in full. Ooh. So it, it was gone. And, uh, you know, I, I guess at the time I would have been... You know, I mean, you, you can never stop training, but, you know, to be able to get into the ring and have a match, I probably would have, like, I don't know, not even halfway there. So, really? Yeah, so then it was uh, the search for another wrestling school was on. And so, let's go back real quick. Did you actually, did you have to get those kidney stones taken care of, or did they pass on their own? Uh, no, nah, they were naturally passed in the most painful, uh, painful uh, day of my life, so. Just pissing them out. Yeah, I actually ended up having them like four or five times again after. Oh my god! Yeah. Damn. So a buddy of mine, uh, Sean Renshaw, he's he, he's my best friend. Uh, he uh, he ended up having them when he was in college. They actually had to go up through his urethra yeah, and laser them out. Yeah, they, back then there was like a, a metal rod they stuck in, and it was just like, yeah, it was either that or. Um, Taking a chance that they have like some ultrasonic uh, whirlpool blasting thing where they sit your kidney or the area the stones at and it like shoots high pressure water and supposedly excruciating pain, but it'll like break it even smaller. But so, you didn't have any of that. You just got no, nah, just naturally passed. They weren't. Uh, I think the that's the best alternative. So thank goodness. Because he had he'd have a stint in there then afterwards, so it doesn't close up. Yeah. Like for seven days, he had a stint in there, and then they, they no anesthesia. And they take it out. Yeah. That sounds awful, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Not, I'm glad. Knock on wood, that didn't happen. So, so the kidney stones, and then uh, that, then you're in the search for the new school. Now, obviously, you didn't get that money back. And how old are you at this time? 17. 17. Yeah. And you probably it's probably not cheap. 
No, no, it wasn't. It was. It, I don't remember the exact price. I think it was. It was definitely two thousand or more at the time. So it and was, seventeen. That's that's well now even to me. That's good. The, that's the, the, good yeah, money. the worst part about it was I started working a pretty much full time job when I was fourteen, and saved all the money for it and just paid it in cash. So it was, Steve Blackman, uh, you dick. Uh, so what, I, 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 what do you there, think about Steve Blackman? Now? There, there's like I don't know. If the school was necessarily his or somebody was using his name, there was like Steve was only there periodically. So I mean, he was currently you know with WWE, and then there was another guy doing the training too. So you know, we seen more of the other guy than we ever did of Steve. So a lot so. of it under him. They just wanted to promote yeah, the name. Yeah. Okay. You know, I've seen him both. I've seen him both. <laughs> I've seen him both since. I mean, there's no hard feelings over it. I mean, I understand. Sometimes business ventures just go south, but I mean, the phone call would have been nice. Would have like, been hey, nice. You know, or hey, we work something out with another place. Just you know, they're going to want this much cash. You know, but there was none of that. So where'd you go? Well, um, at the time, uh, I, I was starting Rob Noxious, who um, was another South Central PA wrestler. He was kind of finishing, and he was like on shows, and you know, he uh, he kept in contact with me. He was kind of like my first buddy back then, and uh, a couple other guys that were there that were just um, already trained doing shows. You know, they were they were saying, hey, you know, come here, come there, you know. Show, show up to this show and you know went in and um, Rob Knox just said one day he's like hey he's like um, we're gonna go down to the Mark and Troy mess school and, and train a little bit you know you're more than welcome to come so I, we ended up going out and doing that you know for a little while and um, um, you know it was just when like you know those guys were from like above Harrisburg so it was like a long drive for everybody so I ended up um um Going to Jimmy Dio's Cruel School on Fifth Street. That is, who's Jimmy Dio? Uh, Jimmy Dio was kind of like the—he's like the known indie legend of Reading. He was a uh, kind of a big draw back in the day. Yeah. They did the Hamburg Field House like for TV back in the day. Yeah, it was all early '90s stuff and, uh, and mid '90s, and then he kind of disappeared. And uh, I've never had really any big personal issues with him. I know a lot of people have. Um, you know, he's. And he was in trouble just recently, but I mean, I, I talked to him because uh, I, I don't know a lot about the guy. Like, what, what was his reputation? Uh, to me, when I was there, he was uh, he was really easy to get along with. You know, I, I heard stories, so this isn't you know my opinion, sure, but we'll call it you know, he was uh, he was always on the top of the card. You know, he was he was the big draw. I mean, he really was. Like, I, I booked him in his late years here. He like had his last couple of matches with us. And the people would just flock out of the woodwork to see. Really? Like our attendance would go up 40, 50 people like every time he was there. So, um, you know, he had a. I guess you know he was he was liked by some, hated by some, and just not cared about by some. But um, and he ran good, solid shows. Um, and I, he, you know, I debuted there, and um, the next couple of shows after that were like huge. The Reading Philly Stadium was like half the ECW locker room. No way. Um, there was like four thousand people there for that. We I mean, we did a lot of cool stuff. And so. this was nineties. Um, that would have been right around ninety nine two thousand. So yeah. Well, I that's when things were coming around mainstream too on TV and everything. Like it started getting crazy and like mm-hmm. even like from what I watched the Raws and stuff like that. That was like prime attitude era stuff. Like ECW was getting big there too. Yeah, yeah. Steve Carino was uh, one of the students there um, back in the day, so he would pop in every once in a while. You know, he was ECW champion at the time, so you know there was there was all kinds of stuff going on back then. You know, then a lot of the ECW guys were coming into the company there. It was a uh, what was it called? IWA. 
I think it was called an IWA Reading, they called it. So, I mean, it was, it was cool. You know, it was, yeah. a, it was a crazy learning experience. You know, the Blue Meanie, Jasmine were there, <laughs> the Baldies, Roadkill, Little Guido, Mikey Whiprack, Sandman, Francine. You know, they'd all be coming all right. right along. Francine. How hot is Francine in person? Don't listen to this if you're uh, Tate's wife. Fran- <laughs> 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 um, I seen Francine years ago. Um you know, I seen her and Beulah together at a signing in like probably '95. There was ECW used to come to Reading, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're both good-looking women. <laughs> yeah, you know? they looked so, on TV. They looked great. Yeah. Um, and they were, both, I mean, they were both. You know, they were probably the two of the most insane female performers ever. Well, too. the stuff they did. Yeah, they took any tables. So. It was ins- yeah. They like on top of the looks, they definitely had the they no fear. Yeah, they, they definitely had more balls than most of the guys. <laughs> yeah. Did, so. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so you kind of got into the reputation a little bit. Like, I guess people were kind of envious of, no, he's putting himself on the top of the car all the time and, uh, and stuff like that. Was, it, was that the be the end of it, or and that just got him that reputation, or was there anything else? Like, yeah, there was, uh, he, had, he had a partner um, who was quite popular in the area. Um, you probably heard of him, uh, Loose Ends Magazine. Uh, there's a local magazine that goes to most of the bars. Um, the, the gentleman, uh, his name was Terry, really nice guy, way too nice. I'm not trying to say this would be a dick or anything. I'm, I don't know if you're PG or not, but no, I swear a lot. the whole time. So, <laughs> yeah, you'll hear a lot of bad language. Um, really nice guy, and unfortunately, he was way too nice to be in the wrestling business. That's the manager There was, that was the rumors, you know, there was, there was, you know, sometimes not enough money to go around, and, um. You know, Jimmy would show up with the Harley and stuff like that, you know. And people um, were going without a paycheck. Yeah, or the payback system. I know people were getting paid back. So, I mean, I, I, I had threw some money in there and I got paid back. So, you know, it was, you know, it is what it is. Gotcha. You know? But there was a big rumor going around that um, that Jim had taken some of the show money or, or said the show was going to cost more than what it did. Um, and then he just kept the money and, and went out and bought a Harley. And I know that was a, a false, a false, um, a false statement because um, at the time I had loaned them both the money to buy a school bus. And what they were doing is they did a lot of ring rentals and they were taking the the seats out of the back of the school bus and sliding the ring in. Then the ring crew could travel. It was right. one fee, one you know flat thing. And the school bus that I <clears throat> went in on with. Um, was at Jimmy's house and uh, his mother was an elderly woman and uh, he was he was staying there with her and uh, I got there before he got home from work one day and she's can you believe my son remortgaged our house to buy a motorcycle and she's like shaking the paperwork oh, in my okay. face and I was just like I, you know it was one of those things where no matter what I was going to be the bad guy because I had money in and then I knew this story and stuff like that so it all it all just blew up right, um, sure. there was a big split in the company um, I had no choice but to be thrown to the wayside. So, um, a couple of the other guys um, kind of got caught up in it too. And you know, not that not that we were choosing sides or nothing like that, but um, it, you know, the whole situation had just sucked. And um, I had just bought a ring um, for myself, and uh, <clears throat> I was like, okay, this ring's just sitting at my house, and maybe it's time to. There's a whole bunch of us that. We, we only got had a couple bookings here and there, so we, you know, some of the guys didn't even get to train at all. You know, they got like halfway through training and got kicked out of the school and had paid as well and stuff. So we just kind of like took those group of guys and found another group of guys and started training the guys and boom, we had That's ECW. How, 
Yeah. That's how it started. For yeah, we, we were we were a Motley crew looking bunch of guys, you know. Some of we were we were green and had even greener guys, and then we were mixing in, you know, ECW talent and the Patriot and South Sincere and Bundys, and you know, it was uh, it was crazy. But you know, they all kind of took us under their wing a little bit, helped us out, you know, and got it got us through. So. Well, that's kind of awesome to hear that these guys that. Don't have to give back like that. Kind of take the time to guide like the next group of people, and for a promotion like that to where, I mean, that takes a lot of balls to kind of like, all right, I'm gonna dump all my attention into this, and if it fails, I'm kind of screwed here. Mm-hmm. But so, what what did you do to kind of get your promotion off the ground? I mean, you said you had some some help from some more knowledgeable guys in the business, but I mean, how do you go? How do you call somebody up and go, "Hey, can we put on a wrestling show in your venue?" And then actually want to do it? Well, that's the weird part. I, uh, I, Jimmy was like, "I'm leaving wrestling. I'm done with it. It's whatever." It, it blew up, and we were still in contact. And I was like, "Nah, you know, I was like, let, let me run a show, come up and work it and stuff." And he's just like, you know, he, he threw me some pointers and and. Uh, you know, so I found a I found this building. It was a rotting gun club in Adamstown, PA, <laughs> and uh, it was weird because there was like two pavilions, and then there was like a tractor trailer like parking that had a roof over it that covered the two pavilions as well, and it had like beer coolers, beer keg things, and I mean they they threw motorcycle bashes there. So, um, on I think it was eight twenty three two thousand, we ran the first show there, and just bought like um. We bought like a whole bunch of those old multicolor show print posters and stapled them to all the telephone poles everywhere. Yeah. I mean, they were literally they were literally everywhere. You know, there was the internet wasn't super big then. It was just kind of like you know trying to start off, and you had to have a lot of money to buy a computer. Right. Yeah. I remember using web TV to book guys yeah. and stuff like that, and um, getting the number out there, and people would find my number and. I was living with my grandparents at the time, and my, I would come home from work, and there would be messages there. Hey, Road Warrior Hawk called tonight, and he was oh in for a while, and Luke of the Bushwhackers called, and then then, then she's like, hey, this guy um, this guy Van Hammer called, and this is like the week of my show, and he's, he's like, you need to call him back, like, ASAP. He said he has a cell phone, so it's like 11 o'clock at night, and... And uh, I, I called him back. It was it was a Monday night, so I was like, oh, you know, Nitro. I didn't get to watch it yet. You know, I always right. had the VCR tape going. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, is this Tate Hammer? And I'm just like, yeah. It's like, you know, who's this? I thought it was a rib. You know, sure. was, you know, one of the boys. And he's like, you know, he's like, it's Mark Van Hammer. He's like, I uh, I'm driving back home from uh, Nitro. I just got fired. <laughs> I was like, ah. He's like, yeah. He's like, my buddy uh, heard about you have a show. He's seen it on the internet coming up like two days from now. He's like. Can I get on it? And he's like, you only live like an hour from me. I was just like, uh, I don't really have the budget for it, but, you know, let's do it. So right. he kind of like became a friend of mine for, you know, we kept in touch for a couple of years and we had like a little storyline going where, you know, he came in there to put me over and I kind of shit all over him. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 it was, it was definitely uh, an interesting time. It was a weird learning experience being that young, you know, um, trying to get all the promotion done, tickets printed. And back then, you know, you couldn't print your own tickets off your, you know, your printer, sure, no. and, you know, like the, the layouts weren't as easy and, you know, or, or pre-done. So there was a ticket printing company. There was, you know, there's all it's kinds fee. of fees. This is a fee. Yeah. Learning about the state athletic commission, finding a doctor to be at the show and all that. So there was just, you know, do you still, do you still have to do that stuff? Oh yeah. 
I thought the State Athletic Commission stuff was done once uh, it became... Well, this is okay. I mean, maybe a different level, but I thought once it became entertainment, you didn't need to have it. Like yeah, they, Pennsylvania has a professional uh, wrestling promoter's really? license. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it's, there's another fee. So when you're first starting out on that and you're getting, you're getting more name guys, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what the hell is a, a Sandman that from, that's on ECW and people are like staying up till midnight to watch him? And he's doing that, and he's doing the you know the the pay per views for them and stuff like that. Well, the one or two that they had. I don't know how many they had when they were ECW. That uh, they had a lot back in the day. Even at that level. Yeah, they. I think it's like I remember the documentary. Like 97, 98 that they started doing pay per views like four or five a year. Okay. And they probably they probably got through a good twenty twenty five before the company went under. So. Okay, so he's doing that, and then he's going to come to your promotion and and, and ask for what. Well, here's the understanding too. Today's age money to 2000 money. Okay. Totally sure. different. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, the minimum, I know I, I was made minimum wage at like 505 or no, four, 485 an hour. Yep. You know, Done so that. there's a $3 difference in minimum wage. So the funds, it, it, it's kind of weird. I don't, I don't even know how to, uh, to put it without, without giving like a dollar example. Like just, just saying myself personally, when I first started, I was making hundreds and then like get into the mid 90s and it's down to, 50 or less yeah so it was, it was I think it was uh, supply and demand back in the day because there was not as many wrestlers so you know somebody from Virginia would call and say hey can you come down and that you know here's all this money you know so that that's how it worked back then I, I, I call it the hardy era of wrestling kind of killed wrestling you think? Um, yeah, because everybody, everybody, uh, everybody could go to Hot Topic and buy some baggy pants, and every backyarder was trained, or anybody who wrestled, you know, or had two minutes of the training, was, uh, you know, now a wrestler, and um, maybe you know, maybe blame the attitude there. I don't, I don't know, but um, it, it, that's when wrestling started. To, I think hurt a little bit more, um, especially on the indie level, because you had so many shitty matches happening and. It was all come to guys who didn't spend a time in the ring at all or didn't know how to train. Yeah, people getting hurt like crazy. Um, you know, it was a trampoline era of wrestling, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, you, you've seen, I've seen those YouTube videos, the backyard yeah. wrestling where it's insane. And they're taking bumps on freaking rock mounds and like all kinds of crazy stuff. And I mean, it wasn't the Hardys per se, but I mean, they came <laughs> out with that, that look. And, you know, I, I know Matt Hardy and uh, I haven't talked to him in a year or two, but already about a year, but. Um, um, you know, he's always been a really nice guy, and he's, like, mega talented, you know, so. What do you think about the broken Matt Hardy gimmick? Um, I think it's good for business because it's different, you know. He, he doesn't go out there and pretend to be, like, this hard ass, you know. Um, he actually has his own, you know, persona, and it's not, you know, it's not happening on three other different TV wrestlings. Sure. and. You know, it makes him stand out and above and beyond, and it's not like gimmicky, like as far as like early '90s plumber or something. No, stupid. he doesn't have a career. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, I think it was good for business for himself. I mean, I'm sure he's made millions of dollars off of it, so um, I definitely think it's good. That's like I, I'm a big fan of the Wyatt family. And, oh yeah, that I agree. Um, with. I like the. Uh, I mean, even you know, even the New Day is like they have like that weird Their own zany thing. thing. It's a yeah, it's it's cool. You know, I mean. The attitude error again came comes back in. Everybody was a hard ass. You lost yeah. the you lost the, the the enhancement talent guys out. Every match is a pay per view match, mm-hmm. and it kind of killed the pay per views to me. So I mean, in in a way, it, it hurt wrestling. You know, so when like when they had like Strowman back and he was like wrestling the enhancement talent and stuff, I thought that was like really cool because it was good for business because it it showed the monster he really was and it kind of boosted him up. So 
uh, I, I still feel like um, there needs to be a little bit of zaniness into wrestling. There needs to be a little bit more edgy stuff into wrestling, and there needs to be enhancement guys in wrestling. So, so they, every, they did bring that back a little bit. Like Oscar's first match, first couple matches were you know enhancement talent mm-hmm. uh, that she just walked through in like fourteen seconds. And I, I agree with you. Like the the Raws and the Smackdowns are the they're like generic pay per views. Yeah, they 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 need to just be getting the people over. They need to get over to then push at the pay per view. Yeah, that, that's how I feel about it. Now I, I can't I, I can't do the the broken Matt Hardy thing. I can't when he, the four minutes of laughing back and forth. That what the hell Raw was that? Where the whole time is uh, for so, like four minutes. Yeah, that's entertaining <laughs> to me. You know, I, I think that's. You know, a lot of a lot of people will will come on and say that they hate Joey Ryan. You know, oh, Joey Ryan does this dumb stuff. I, I wrestled Joey Ryan twice. I made more money than I've ever made in wrestling off of him. I sold more gimmicks those nights than I've ever done. It was the easiest time on my body. It was fun. The guy's super respectful. He's super talented. Um, and you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, well, Joey, it's all he knows how to do. It's just stupid stuff. I mean, Joey Ryan's the founder of pro wrestling gorilla. Yeah. Um, if you go back to Wrestling Society X, Joey Ryan was on. Joey Ryan was on TNA. He was doing dives, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I think there's a lot of jealousy over Joey just because he's so good at doing what he's doing and he's making well into the six figures yeah. a year and he's not signed anywhere. So, uh-huh. yeah, he's uh, he he knows what he's doing. He's you know he's he can wrestle for he can wrestle till he's seventy if he's keeps doing what he's doing right now. Yeah, the talent aspect is it has nothing to do with it. Like I, the stuff that the Hardys did, and, and Matt in particular, and well, and Jeff in particular. But uh, but Matt, no, obviously crazy talented, and 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 amazing in the ring. And I just I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't know. The, yeah, it, it's I can't, crazy. the new day stuff, the crazy. Like I'll be honest, one of my favorite things on, on in wrestling in the last probably five or six years was Mizdale. Yeah. Standing outside of the ring, you know, I can't believe they didn't do more with that. There had to be a, be- a bigger but, thing there, but I, I cried laughing. My, my wife had this whole big thing, fact the Miz hashtag thing for years. And before I knew her, she hated the Miz. She thought he was the worst thing ever. And now over the past, like, year, she's like, you know, he, he's... He's coming to his own. And oh, yeah. He's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't stand it when really he first good. got in there. We actually oh, sat and watched the Miz and Maurice show thing last night, and that was actually super entertaining, yeah. too. No, no, absolutely. I think he's come a long way. I think that there's no way that he should be not getting a giant push right now. Because he, as far as a... Well, he's got the TV show going on now, New uh, Dad. You, you, know, so you tell me who's better as a heel on the mic right now. Is he on the mic? Who? I honestly don't watch it. No. no. Oh, I, I, I have uh, a couple of my students tell me about it. Um, I heard about the Matt Hardy and the Goldfish thing from a couple of months ago, and I, and it was genius in a way. But there are people who are not going to like it. There are people who are going to like it, you know. But um, sure, I I I, I, I would have if I would have been watching it when it happened. I probably would have just you know hysterically laughed because it's different. It's not your your. What did Matt Hardy do with the goldfish? I don't. I didn't see that. I DVR both. Like a thing where he was having a conversation, and, and it was like this big conversation. And then all of a sudden, it pans out wide, and he's talking to this goldfish. And he has a name. <laughs> I think it's like a lieutenant or a captain or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, they were telling me about it one night at training, and I was just like, you know, that's that's interesting. Yeah. 
So I have a lot of new guys, so the new guys still have that whole super fanboy thing. Right, so right, I right. Hear about sure. it, hear about it, hear about it. It's just like, can you guys please just shut up? I've it's worked like, with all these guys. I know everything about them. I know what he eats for dinner. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. It, it, I mean, it gets a little crazy, but you, know, you weren't that way out. in the beginning. Or you trying um, to not be that way because you don't. No, I was kind of like way. I was kind of like pre-warned and pre kind of pre-educated because I was talking to different people before I actually showed to the wrestling school. Like I, I took I talked to Off of the Wild Samoan many times. He actually invited me to some of their shows, gave me free tickets. I mean, I was like fourteen, fifteen, you know, and he was just kind of like, hey, you know, this is how you got to be, and this is how you got to be. He took me through the dressing room when that uh, they had Goldust and Marlena there one night when they were still when they were under contract. So I mean, you know, he's like, hey, you know. Shake hands, be you know, Act like be, you've been there. Be, be be very nice and you know, be be professional, you know. So you know, I kind of had that like pre heads up. You know, he he, I don't know, he Scott Putsky was there that night. Missy Hyatt was there, so it was a it was definitely an entertaining thing. That's the night I, the, the first time I met Mike Quackenbush too. So. Who's that? Like uh, Lightning Mike Quackenbush. You know I don't Mike know who that is. Uh, he's the owner of Shakara Wrestling. You're uh, on Philly. Yeah, Shakara is a big indie company in Philly. Um, they have crazy zany characters. Um, it, it's 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 called on. It went kind of United States wide there for a while, or at least to the Midwest. And uh, they do a lot of shows, and they bring in a lot of like you know, like they book really insanely cool matches. Like they do the King of Trios tournament, which is a basically six man tag tournament. And they'll bring somebody, you know, they'll bring guys in. They had, like, they had um, X-Pac come back as the okay. one, two, three kid. And he was in as the one, two, three, three kid. kid. Wow. I just seen they announced their, their one for this year. And they have Mighty Molly Holly wrestling. Molly so, Holly. Man, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, they brought Gilbert back last year. And, um, yeah, they do all kinds of cool, cool, interesting stuff. And um, they're, they're, everybody has a crazy gimmick. Like, they have, like, the ants. There's, like, Soldier Ant. There's Green Ant. There's, you know, they all have, like, they, they have cool masks. Most of the characters are under masks. And they have like highly detailed, insane lucha masks. And uh, you know, are you a fan of that really lucha cool. style? That gets a lot of criticism in the United States, anyway. Um, I, I do, I do enjoy some of it. You know, um, I was a big ECW fan, so like I seen like Psychosis and Ray uh-huh. doing all this stuff, and then like Eddie Guerrero came in. And do you like, consider Eddie Guerrero the lucha? Back then, he was like doing the Hurricane Ranas and stuff like crazy, and uh, but he sold. That's the big knock on Lucha is there's no selling of anything. Um, that, that's a big knock. I yeah, there, it, it, yeah. Uh, Lucha, Lucha, Lucha lacks selling. I think a, a little too much, but otherwise, you know, it, it's it's entertaining, phenomenally it, athletic. It, like, it, it brings up like if I see an indie show and there's like. You know, there's like one hardcore match, and then there's like a lucha match, and then you know, you know like, um, you know, there's like some good old school wrestlers on it. You know, then there's your big names, and then there's like you know their girl matches of like a well-rounded indie show. Like that's a show I'm going to want to go watch. Right, sure, a little yeah. bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything because otherwise you're going to sit there and watch eight matches of you seen in what you seen in the first match is going to happen the rest of the night. Right, so, I mean, wrestling is yeah, everybody's doing all the same moves and. You know, no one specifically stands out unless they, you know, somebody has a really cool flashy gear or has that zany character. Because, you know, I, I always feel like, like, uh, you know, we were in a show on a Saturday night, you know, what matches somebody going to remember Sunday mornings? They're not going to remember the whole show. So somebody's got to stand out just enough to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I was at this wrestling show last night. And, and I seen that Bret Hart's nephew kid, Teddy Hart, was there. And he was in this flashy gear and had this giant necklace and cross. And his cat was along with him to the ring. 
people are going to remember it. So then you become a name. You're different. You know, yeah, you're different. You do something and, and, different. And wrestling lacks that a little bit. Sure. You know? Now, you know, there's not as much flashy gear. And I understand people, you know, flashy gear costs lots of money, you know. And it takes time to get it. And it takes time for it to get there and, and all that stuff. But, you know, there's not enough guys. Like, like I'm almost 40, been wrestling 21 years, and I have insanely crazy gear. I don't wrestle much anymore, but... You know, I feel my gear stands out compared to everybody else. I'll give you that. Yeah, absolutely. The pictures I see of you, the way you walk out. It's a giant mix of different things. And, uh, you know, it's all my aspect, styles of life and favorite things. You know, like I'm a huge fan of the band Ghost. So I took the the hat from the main singer and put my symbol on it, you know. I was going to ask you what brought in the character. Um, what brought up the character? Cause I've to been me, a big fan of the Misfits and Michael Graves. So my favorite band was from the Misfits there and Michael you go. Graves. You know, um... Um, the gear, I, I, I switch over. I'm usually a trunks wearing guy, but, uh, I just wanted something different. You know, my shorts look that ripped at the bottoms. Um, I had that crazy, crazy cool logo. My wife designed, um, Japanese, I put the Japanese shoulder pads on it. You know, I, I have a, a different style. I mix them, blend a whole bunch of stuff together and make myself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. Like I, I put up a post the night on Twitter about it too, you know, just, um, you know, putting it out there, you know, you mix a little bit of Ghost with a little bit of the Misfits, a little bit of more. I, I said Michael Graves, I'm a big Michael Graves fan. Um, you know, mix a little bit of Japanese style in there with some hard hitting American striking, and boom, you have me. So that's pretty cool. That's yeah. a pretty cool. Post. I mean, I can't go like I used to be able to go. My, my body hurts. I'm, well, you smoke, man. I can I'm, smell I'm that. Big, that's, that can't smoker. be good. Yeah. Like, big smoker. Like, how, how's the cardio in the ring? That's got to hurt. That's I can go in the ring. Yeah. It's like, you know, I hop and pop here every once in a while, a little bit here and there, you know, but, um, you know, it's definitely something that uh, definitely needs to be uh, <laughs> taken care of. It's it's, 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 it's basically my way of, uh, it's my relaxing, you know. I'm, I hear I'm, you. I'm not a pill person, I'm not a drug person, I'm not a drinker. You know, it, smoking calms me down. If I have like a bad day or panic attacks or, you know, just like stressed out about something, Take a couple puffs up. You do with panic attacks? Oh yeah, I, I, I had um, in 2010. I took a pretty bad spill head first onto the concrete, and uh, was pretty messed up for. Well, concussion wise, or yeah, I was like out of it. Like I, I pretty much laid on the sofa for over a year. I went from being like 300 pounds down to like 225. Um, yeah, it was a mess. It was like you know not seeing straight. You know they're like uh, well. Maybe it's this, maybe it's this, you know, medical bills after medical bill after medical bill, MRI after MRI, you know, after a while you're at $500,000 of the medical bills. Well, right, and like, you're in an, you're considered an independent contractor. Yeah, so it was just like, um, you know, it was a big pain in the ass, you know, but um, I started somewhat feeling a little bit better. I mean, there was, there was times where I went like a week or two and I had to see blue lines like through, um, but, um, you know, I just got through it and. You know, they were like, oh, well, you're having panic and anxiety issues. And there's this part of your brain that has something messed up with it because of it. And, you know, so they were like trying to pump me full of these pills and pills and pills. And, and just pills antidepressants and, and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. All kinds of stuff. And then I would have re- allergic reactions to this or this would make me just, you know, you start getting weird thoughts when you're taking this. It's like, hey, man, this stuff's messing me up. Yeah. I don't want to take it. You know, and they're like, oh, well, here, take, 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 um, take, um. Six, six milligrams of Xanax a day, you'll be fine. And if anybody knows anything about Xanax, you know, a milligram of Xanax will put anybody to sleep. Yeah. Six will put yeah. a cow to sleep. Yeah. I had another doctor tell me that I don't know why they give you that much to take because that'll put a cow to sleep. There was days I was sleeping 20 hours up four. Then 
after a while, it started making me like feel it had the reverse effect on me. I'd go four days without sleeping. And, I, and finally one day I was just like, I don't want this stuff anymore. Just, just get me off of it. And I just, this, my, my, my doctor retired, like my family doctor and another guy came in and he, and he was just a real piece of shit, like really bad. And I just, we actually had like a loud argument in his, uh, and his thing is he wanted me to take this and take this and that. I'm like, dude, I'm sick of giving you money. I'm sick of giving the pharmaceutical company money. Nothing's working. I still feel like shit. I'm, I'm done with it. I was like, I'll, I'll just continue to smoke cigarettes because that does more for me than what any pill you gave me to do. So that, that, that's I've been smoking ever since. So, so I mean, I'm not even a big inhaler. It's just yeah. like the hand to mouth, like the moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's crazy. I I I've experienced a lot of the anxiety part of what you're talking about I was actually just you know every seems to happen to me like every three four years and then I'll be good for three four years and then I'll it'll come back and I I, I go to this guy out in uh, out in the Lehigh Valley uh, he's a psychotherapist I go to him every three or four years I go and I start up again and then I'm good for a while oh yeah I, I actually feel like you know like your body I, I I don't know. I, I have really weird thinking, and I was really good friends with Nikolai Volkov. Mm, sorry, um, to hear about that. Um, he true. always had different, like way out of the out of the normal realm ways of fixing things. And um, you know, a lot of stuff. I, I you know, I, I, I listened to like we we were at the uh, Hamburg Field House for. Um, oh man, don't take offense because I forget the company's name. So if the company people listen to it, I'm really sorry, <laughs> but. Um, and we had a long talk with him, me and my wife, right? We had a long talk with him and he was just telling us like different things. And, you know, he, he always, Hey son, how you doing? You know? And, you know, oh, you, you know, he, he's, he was like a blunt old man. So he'd be like, Oh, you're looking really fat. <laughs> you know, or you're looking at this and he's like, Oh, you, you lost some more weight. And I'm just like, yeah. You know, he's like, well, how are you doing it? So then you have to give him your whole rundown of how you're losing weight or what diet you're on. You know, and then most of the time he would, uh, he, you know, he, he had his way of doing things. I mean, for him being, I think he was 71 when he passed away. He was in amazing shape for yeah. a 71 year old. He, uh, Took care know. of himself. And he didn't, um, from what I heard, you know, um, don't quote me on this if it's a hundred percent truth or not, but what I heard is he went into, uh, excuse me, he went into the hospital like a week or two before he passed away with dehydration issues. And, um, they told him he's having heart problems and they wanted to put a stint in. And he's like, Oh no, I don't believe in that. You know, I can fix it myself. And supposedly from what I heard is from him not getting the stint, so he, had in, he, he had a heart attack and died. Oh, man. So, I mean, yeah, he was, a, he was a great guy. I mean, I, I've known him since I first got in, like the first year I came into wrestling, I'd see him and I have had wrestling matches with him. He, he was a funny guy. He pulled ribs on me. He choked me legit and made me throw up in the ring one time <laughs> or at a show. I shouldn't say in the ring. I got out of the ring and underneath it, and enough time to do it, but you know, then he would laugh. How do you make me, you throw so up? He put me in a legit choke, like a standing <laughs> front face lock, and he had it cranked on. And uh, I, I, I gave him two hard shots to the side, and I, 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 I powdered out of the ring, pulled up the ring skirt, and went underneath, yacked, came out the other side. Thank goodness. I mean, it wasn't, none of this was like, you know, our called stuff. So he was still waiting for me to come out that side of the ring, so I crawled the whole way through and came up and got him <laughs> behind in the ring. And, you know, he was laughing at me as we were wrestling. You know, I was just like, yeah, you mother effer. I'm going to fuck with the new guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that was in like 06 or something. I had I the DVD of it because it was at my company. I, I worked in there. And, That's funny. Yeah. That's awesome. 
So, so you, you, do you have that under control now? Or is it just the smoking that calms it down? Because uh, I, I was at a point where I was taking two Xanax a day. Now, they were definitely not six milligrams of, of uh, did I say Motrin? Six Xanax a day. Yeah, they had, me, they had me taking uh, three one milligrams. No, two one milligrams three times a day. So That's six insane. Times. I think yeah. mine are 0.25. Yeah, and yeah. all they do is make me normal. They don't do anything else. I'm, I'm just completely back to not ready to freak out, thinking I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty much it. I I, I, will, I don't the the most I will put in my body is like a, an ibuprofen, and then I like I'll sit there and I'll like open up the thing. I'll like man, I really don't want to put this in me. You know, I I, I, I take a big pride on not being a drug guy. Or uh, yeah, you know, I I do. I would I would lie if I didn't say I didn't enjoy some wine every once in a while or a wine cooler. But I'm not like a big beer drinker. I might drink two beers a year. You know, I don't drink whiskey or nothing like that. I so helps. Um, <laughs> you know, it, if I'm sick over the winter time, like uh, we we have we have a very large like horseshoe driveway and it's a lot of plowing. Um, you know, if I get sick or something like that, I, I always usually keep wild turkey around and just take a shot of it. You know, to to, to burn it out of me, but. Um, you know, I, I've also found that if you eat hot wings when you're really sick, like really, really hot wings, you're normally pretty much cured the next day. No it's shit. so hot. Yeah, the, the snot literally just falls well, out. Well, oh, yeah, it opens up your pores. Your eyes your start going on. Yeah, you start getting hot. You know, you're, it's like cooking the fever out or cooking the virus out of you. That's all. So, I like, eat a lot of hot stuff. I'm going to have to try the, the hot wings method. Yeah, we, we just... Um, we just started the keto diet back up again. And, it's uh, keto or keto? Keto, yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> keto, I heard both. Um, I try that, but my problem. There's a lot of good foods if you really look into it. There's a lot of good stuff. So, like, we have uh, we have an air fryer, and my, my wife's going out of town as well. And um, hot wings are on the diet. Even so. with the sauce? The sauce is fine. There's no uh, carbs in the sauce uh, at all. And what, no well, what sauce do you use? Well, you can use Texas Pete. Okay, Texas Pete is okay. See, the yeah, sauce I Texas made is probably... and Mike's Red Hots is fine, too. So you just dump okay. that shit all over them. And, well, you know what? Yeah. Frank, you, hit, hit Frank's it. Red Hot. Frank's Red Hot, Frank's yeah. Red Hot. That has a lot of salt and shit in it. That's okay? Salt's fine, yeah. Wow. I, I've been and looking into no it. No sugar, no carbs. I've been looking into it, and... We try to stay under under uh, 22 grams of carbs a day, I think is what... My, my wife's in charge of this. She tells me everything. There's no bread at all. No bread, no pasta, no rice. I'm a huge sushi guy. I like rice, though. I love sushi. I could eat... I, 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 about three and a half years ago, I was like... I was pretty large. I was like probably about 290. And, uh... Right I decided, now, you're still a big guy. Uh, I'm probably pushing like 255, 250, yeah. 250, 260. Well, I see your Facebook post and Instagram. You're, you're, you're starting to get back in the routine. Uh, at one time, I, I used to power lift, and, um... Um... I was up to 340 at one time, but I mean, I was like... Jacked 340. I was just... I was never jacked. Like, I, I can't get jacked. Well, I'm, I'm not talking about ripped. ripped. I'm but just I, I had like the, the old, um... Like the old like power lifter look, just big and thick and you know, somewhat solid. You know, I I I benched by fifteen at one time, like for three reps, and you know, I I always like, oh man, I could I should have kept at it, I could have done more. You know, I have a guy who wrestles for me, um, Ox Hog, and he 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 holds like um. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure it's like a military correctional police world record. At an 800 and some pound bench. Jesus Christ! Yeah. That's insane. I can't yeah, imagine. Yeah, Facebook. I mean, he's uh, yeah, he's he's I don't a think I have he's the super, hands to hold a bar. He's super that that superhuman, strong. I've wrestled him several times, and he's just so strong. Great guy too. Well, I, I, for your sake, I hope he is because you're wrestling him. Yeah. <laughs> he can do what he wants. Yeah, yeah. 800 pounds. 
Um, so what would you say is, uh, let's get back to the wrestling side of this, get away from our personal issues. Um, what's the craziest, first of all, what's the craziest thing you've seen in the ring and what's the craziest thing you've done in the ring? Craziest thing I've done in the ring is I wrestled a, a student of mine probably in like 07, 08. Um, really good guy. He just started coming back to wrestling. Very talented. Um, he wrestled with Joey Mansoni. And we had this big heated feud up for like this secondary title in our company back then. And um, he was a big combat zone guy. Like he loved combat zone wrestling. He liked to deathmatch crazy shit. So he's just like, I challenged him to a cage. Okay. Just off the fly. Okay. You know, he had no idea what was coming. You know, we didn't have a cage. So we just, <laughs> you know, we did a lot of shit where we didn't have this stuff. And so we just literally. We literally just went out and found cages. We put out things on Craigslist. We put out different things back, you know, then. And, and people would just be like, hey, 25 bucks. You can have this section of cages. So we just basically Build paneled all our cages together. And then it became, well, how about we do fans bring the weapons? And um, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's, let, let's do it. You know, this is all on the mic in front of the crowd. Like, it was just all spur of the moment weird shit. And, um the match came around. We, we built this. A bunch of people had like um, eight foot dog like yeah, uh, no, kind of like fencing. Yeah. yeah so yeah, after like three different fencing. three different families that had it, we you know we had our whole cage put together, and you know it, it was it was like an old beat up cage, but I mean it, it, it did the job and it stayed up. So um, that's the key. Yeah. So. <laughs> Did I, you have to climb out of it, or did you just no, go, okay, there, we're there going to there, there was a ref in there because of all the weapons and stuff. So, show day comes. You know, I, I'm already stressed out. I'm running the show, trying to get, make sure there's enough fans there to pay all the bills and all that stuff. And and um, I don't like ever putting myself last, but there's a cage, and yeah. there was going to be shit everywhere. So, I was like, all right, we, we, have, we have the main event. So... I'm seeing people coming through the door and they have like crazy stuff. Well, here he's got his friends, I guess, to making all these thumbtack weapons and there was Christmas tree balls and, uh, barbed wire and all kinds of stuff. So, um, um, yeah. And who was this guy again? Say it again. Say his name. Uh, Joey Mansoni. He, Joey Mansoni, yeah. you're insane. You asked for more pain. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> he, he's all scarred up after that match. Like, uh, you know, that was that was his thing. He, he, he liked it. I remember bumping into a pile of Christmas tree balls. And my back was bleeding pretty bad from it. And uh, What does that feel like? Uh, it just it just hurt for a couple. Was it quick and then it's over? Yeah, it, it was quick and then it was over. But the worst part about it was is like, um, you know, I, I'd wake up like weeks, maybe a month later, and I, I have like a blood blood stain on my bed. I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? And here it was the glass from the curvature of the balls went underneath the skin and just in, and then you know it just stayed in there. But it was trying to push itself back. Yeah, out. your body's rejecting it. Yeah, so. Um, that was uh, that was oh, weird God. pulling glass back out. You know that, that's a, that's a panic attack waiting to happen. Thumbtacks are, are they hurt? You know, but um, the barbed wire cuts. You know, obviously, but um, but it's all it, it was a fun pretty time. quick kind of you know yeah. Pain. It's not like lasting. You don't yeah, feel and it every getting bump. cleaned up afterwards and stuff is just uh, you know it's just um, it's pretty nasty. Yeah, I'm not one for bleeding and, and, and anything like that. You know, I, I'm kind of anti bleeding in a wrestling wrestling match, you know, or if one person's bleeding, the other person shouldn't be, you know, it's so just a mixture of blood. You never bladed? No. Never bladed? No. Do you guys no. do that? Don't have, enough, don't have enough money. It's illegal in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can get a felony three if you get caught with a caught doing it and the doctor says, yeah, that's a cut instead of a 
an accident. So, so if you decide we want to do something like that for a match, it's got to be the, the, it's gonna be the hard way. The hard way, as they yeah. say. That's crazy. The hard way has happened several times at our shows. Um, Tell people what the hard way is. The hard way is when you accidentally get busted open when you don't plan on to getting busted open. Um, there was a guy who uh, took his head off one of the guardrails and he had a gash in his head. <laughs> I mean, a gash. We, uh, I made our guardrails there. I welded together like legit steel guardrails. They're not the aluminum ones that they push like push. bicycle racks. I mean, they push, but I mean, they're when you hit them, they're steel guardrails. Um, we actually had a not to get too far off, but you said a, a, a crazy moment, a crazy moment in, in, in ACW. Um, we brought in Nick Gage. Okay, uh, you know Nick Gage. I've heard the name. Big, I can't. He's, a, he's, a, he's a big combat zone guy. Legit nuts. Not, I mean, he's he's a super cool guy. Um, has a storied past, um, but we brought him in to do a show. And I said, "Hey, you know what? You know, nothing crazy, hardcore, nothing like that." And um, uh, I unfortunately had to leave the show early. Well, me and my wife had to leave the show early because they were doing a Hall of Fame induction in Lancaster, and I was an in, uh, I was an inductor. So I, I had uh, another guy just quick watching over the show because it was only two matches to go, and. Um, I get back and all, you know, my guys, my guys loaded the truck up, took it back to my house, unloaded it into our storage area and stuff. And a couple of days later, I'm like, hey, what's up with that guardrail? And this is a solid steel welded together oh, guardrail. Yeah. Well, here during the match, uh, it was Nick Gage versus John Dahmer, who's the, like the, the trainer for CCW back in the day. He kind of trained everybody who's anybody, Adam Cole, all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> um, here he uh, backdropped Nick over the top rope. Onto the guardrail, which was laying on the ring and on top of the other standing, you know, on top right. of the other guardrail, gotcha, yeah. and he legit made the solid steel guardrail smile a bit. Oh my god! Uh, and he hit it, and yeah, he was. Uh, I've seen that with chintzy ladders nowadays, but not. Yeah, he uh, he 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 made the made it smile a little bit. <laughs> I, I've seen him like you know that was in 2015. I, I, I see him like every once in a while, and yeah, he's like, you get those you get those aluminum guardrails yet? You know, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I was no. like, I still have that one. I was like, the fans can touch it. Whoever sits in front of it at that show, there's the Nick Gage guardrail. That's awesome. That's awesome. And your next show, well, not your next show. Is this is the Reverb show your next show? Yeah, the August 25th, the uh, craziness that we're putting together there is uh, is definitely the next show. Do, do you want to give a rundown of the matches there? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I will. Uh, I think I have it up here. If you want to read off, I think I have it pulled up on my phone too. I just gotta. I see the Sandman here. Is he gonna be the Sandman here? Is he gonna come out yeah, with the kendo stick and the beer? And- we just we just added him into the show. Um, we're just trying to make like an end of summer blowout bash um, event. There's it's actually being billed as three shows for the price of one. And uh, how how that's gonna work is um, at five o'clock we're doing the the twisted tape tailgate party event. Which um, what, what's that include? Um, it's like it's basically like a pre-show. Um, the, the main, the main, the main, uh, you know, deal of the day is there's a, a seven-match all-women show. So basically, what you're going to get is a is a three-match and a battle royal um, pre-show. Um, come in, drink. There'll be beer flowing everywhere, um, mixed drinks, whatever you guys want, and um, you know, there's food. The the club reverb was the old 1402. Uh, it's a really big venue. Uh, super cool. Did that move? Oh, why did I think that moved? No, for, that's across the street from the Pike Cafe in Reading. That's that, where the reverb is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I know where you're at. Yeah. The Pike Cafe is very good. We stopped yeah. there for lunch. Before the wings are shows. phenomenal. Small yes. but phenomenal. Yes. Very good. Um, you know, we have uh, 
the three matches are announced. Um, Colby Carino, who is the son of Steve Carino, um, the ECW former heavyweight champion. Uh, he's he's our cruiserweight champion. He's going to be uh, wrestling Sage Matthews, who is uh, debuting that night. Um, we also have John Dahmer and Rob Noxious, who are kind of like uh, legends of the area, longtime veterans. They're wrestling uh, two guys who are relatively newer, five years or less, um, the rising star Rob Lloyd and Suicide Myers. Um, there's a little bit of a storyline to that. Um, the young guys uh, took out the old guys uh, mm. two months ago, and this is like the big return bout. Um, there's also going to be uh, a battle royal. Um, probably going to be every 30 seconds, every minute. You know, there's going to be a new person running out to the ring. Um, also, the Sandman is on the uh, the, the first part. Um, and then there's uh, myself versus Scotty Jeffries, uh, which has been ongoing for months and months. Title and months. match. Yeah. Title um, match. Yep. Big title match. I got to uh, tell you, the first time I saw guys. first time I saw your picture, I thought of my cousin who was terrified by Papa Shango as a young man. He would have nightmares, and I wanted to. Te- I, I'm actually going to text him your picture because I saved it to my phone, and I'm, he's probably going to shit the bed. But yeah. I, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw him. Like, holy shit, that's probably <laughs> yeah. It, it, a little it, different. It does, it does look a little. Yeah. Now that I, now that you said that, I, I am seeing that. I'm a I'm a, a big vintage figure collector too, and some guy was going to uh, make a custom figure of me. And uh, well, I see you just I painted Kamala. Yeah, that's yeah, a two up. Um, a two up. Which uh, I just I just learned about them in the last like six months, and um, they were like um, mine's a reproduction. There's a guy over overseas making them, but the original um, Hasbro line of WWF figures in the early '90s they were four inch figures. But when they went into production, well, when they when they had to design everything, they would make what they call a two up. So there was like a ten inch or nine nine ten inch figure produced, and then they would just scale it down to what was released to all of us and of course Zack Ryder found some and uh, he uh, he seems to be he big spend, uh, he spent a lot of money because uh, he has two of the original prototype or the, well, the, the, they're one of ones uh, it's Axum Smash and I think he has them for sale for 26000 for the pair uh, and he also has the uh, the never released um, Rhythm and Blues Greg the Hammer Valentine oh figure which I, I hear could be one there, there's actually three of them. Um, Zach has two of them. One of them has a broken arm, and uh, his buddy actually owns the other one. And his buddy, I think, paid 16k for the first one that went on eBay. Yeah. So, and Zach's are like mint. Like, That's insane. Besides, like the, the the piece that holds the arm, two arm pieces together to hinge it, is uh, is not there. But yeah, Zach has a crazy. He's a big crazy uh, figure collector, big kid. Um, that's what I hear. I was just listening. I don't know if you listen to a lot of podcasts, but Sam Roberts has a podcast where he was interviewing a lot of guys. I forget who he had on that told me that told him that. But yeah, they were talking about. They were kind of busting on. They were, Zach Ryder and whoever he was interviewing were friends, and they just kind of talked trash on each other all the time. And that was one of the things he was making fun of. He owns. His, he puts up in like shadow boxes and stuff. Hit all his old gear, and he was oh, making cool. fun of him about that though. Nice. He's a fanboy of himself. Nice. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of guys do the whole gear thing. Yeah, so I don't was, see a problem. Cool. I usually just sell mine off so I can buy new stuff without having to spend any money. There you go. <laughs> Get it for free. So, I, I interrupted you. No, no, it's good. That, that's, um, that's the initial pre-show. And then we go into a uh, seven-match all-women show, um, which is going to be insane. Um, I'm actually looking forward to uh, not only as the promoter, but uh, you know, or, and the wrestler, but uh, as also the the, the fan of uh, up and coming talent and stuff. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching this, uh, you know, the women's show myself. 
there's uh, female talent from all over the place. Um, uh, I think I think there are, I counted like seven different states, two different countries that Jeez. are going to be there. So it's it's going to be literally insane, and it's it's headlined by um, Lufisto versus uh, Trixie Tash, who's a student of mine, uh, who's also the champion in a steel cage. So, wow. so I, now is I this the old remember. steel cage or is this a new steel? It's cage? a it's a chain link steel cage. Yeah. yeah. So, um, which is I haven't seen or heard of a women's steel cage match in this area in forever. I'm so sure there's not many. It'll, it'll be any. yeah. It'll be it'll be super cool. And um, then we have uh, Thunder Rosa, who is also known as Cobra Moon on Lucha Underground uh, against Willa Nightingale. Um, Sally, who's a great. Um, great talent. That is an our insane former, face that well, she's making. There. Yeah, <laughs> she's. Uh, I'll she's see a, that when I close my eyes. <laughs> she's the former uh, Rogue Women Warriors champion. Um, she's from Canada. She'll be back down against uh, Tess Valentine, who's also a former champion. Um, Ali Rex against uh, Andy Sky should be phenomenal. And uh, then we have we have a tag team match: uh, Aziel and uh, London Ali um, with uh, Gillette versus Jules Malone. And uh, Ashley Vox, um, Pink Flash Kira versus Laura Loveless, and Mary Lee Rose versus Gemma Cross. Um, that was seven of them. So uh, that that rounds up the women's show. Um, definitely come out and check it out and support these uh, crazy female um, performers. They are they are really good. And then we move on to the post show, which is Bro Keller's after party. Um, for those who don't know, Bro Keller, he was just uh, he just did some stuff on the Raw and SmackDown a couple weeks ago. No way, as an extra. Yeah, he was in the uh, he was in one of no, no Way Jose's. Uh, oh God, the He was also on SmackDown in a funeral scene with Kane's head with the Miz. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Daniel Bryan came out and wrecked him, but. Um, the main event of that uh, of the of the after party is Bro Keller against Teddy Hart, who was the uh, ACW champion. Anybody who hasn't seen Teddy Hart, he is worth the price of admission to anything alone. Um, no, I've seen him. I've seen a lot of it. Not a ton of his matches, but you know everything on the main like uh, Raw, Raw and SmackDown when he was on there and doing stuff with with Brett actually with that whole angle with Vince where he was going to get you know that one last match. And then they, they thought the whole family was going to turn on him. And he comes out and the whole family is now against Vince. And they beat the crap out of him and let let uh, Brett put the sharpshooter on him. But, yeah, he, he's a phenomenal athlete. And tons, all the skills were there. I, I'm not sure what happened with that. But the skill... I think just too young, too young, too crazy, um, too futuristic of a wrestler at the time, I would say. What do you mean by that? Um, like, he was way ahead of his time. Like, before the Hardys, there was Teddy Hart. I mean, Teddy Hart's been doing this shit forever. I mean, the the, the crazy backflips, the moon salts, the dives, um, everything. I mean, he's Am I he has wrong, no fear. You I might be thinking of the wrong guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. Teddy Hart was. Who was uh, the guy in the, in the WWF? E. Mm. Teddy Hart. He had that. He had just the front hair. He was like a Tyson kid. Tyson kid. Tyson kid and yes. uh, Teddy Hart and um, David Hart Smith were the New Hart Foundation. Yes. For a hot minute. Yes, I am thinking of the wrong guy. Yeah, um, Teddy's the guy who makes publication for um, getting into trouble and doing all kinds of insanely crazy cool shit. So, gotcha. um, he's well, big in Mexico. He's big out. in um, big in big all over the place. I mean, he's uh, he's a phenomenal athlete. Um, probably after watching one of his matches, I mean, it's just like, whoa, where, where's this guy been? You know, hopefully he will um, at the later part of his career get another opportunity and uh, 
without a shadow of a doubt, I know he'll he'll kill it. He's a totally different person than what he used to be. Um, really humble guy, and just he's become a, a great friend of mine outside of the wrestling business. And um, you know, he's well deserved of uh, anything cool that comes comes you know upon. He just returned to uh, AAA in Mexico and. Uh, he's on the MLW, the Major League yep. Wrestling thing that's coming out. Um, yeah, he's all over the place. I mean, he's definitely an international talent who's phenomenal. Um, fellow man-cat lover. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, then there's the uh, the Jamie Senegal versus Stan Styles uh, crazy attraction match. Um, this one was heavily, heavily requested. And, um, the it'll intergender. Be, it'll definitely be... Definitely be crazy. That's all. I'll, I'll leave that one. You'll leave, the word leave it alone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you better show up and find out. Yeah, that one's going to be uh, probably worth the price of admission alone. Then we're going to do a number one contender scramble. Um, Laszlo Arpod has been uh, announced for that soon uh, already. There will be uh, more people announced as we go on to the week of the show. So all the way up, leading all the way to the week of the show. So. Well, that, that sounds like an amazing show, man. Fourteen matches. Definitely uh, getting your money's worth. Yeah, fourteen matches. It's. Build as three different shows. Uh, there would be a break in between all the shows. Um, so the women's show will be by itself. So if you want to come just watch the women's show, then just come watch the women's show. If you just want to come watch whatever, the ticket prices are also the same. So um, it, it, it's, it so should it's be, one price for all three shows. Yep. Okay. That's where, I mean, 30 bucks for a front row ticket and uh, advanced is advanced general admissions 20 and at the doors 25. I mean, you, you can't, you can't beat that 14 yeah. matches. No, sounds like a great card. Sounds like a great night. Atomic Championship Wrestling at the Reverb Nightclub across the street from Pike Cafe. So all you people that like wings should know where that is. Uh, starts at five o'clock on August twenty fifth. Make sure you get out there and check it out. I have not seen a pro wrestling show in a long time. Last one, last one I was at. Uh, I've never seen an independent one. Last one I was at was at uh, Royal Rumble in Pittsburgh, and they booed everybody out of the building. Um, but this one, I, I, I like to see the down dirty kind of grassroots style of, of of professional wrestling. So I definitely am going to be checking this out on the 25th and talking about it on this show. And uh, hopefully we can have Twisted Tate, Tate Hammer, back on the show to talk about his promotion some more. Uh, in closing, is there anything you want to talk about? Um, we have a, I guess you would want to call it the new, the new lingo for it is a network. Um, it's on Pivot Chair. Just type in uh, Atomic Championship Wrestling or ACW Wrestling. Uh, it'll come up on the on Pivot Chair. It's like four ninety nine a month. I think there's like, I think it's up to like hundred and twenty five hours of wrestling design. Um, that's all through us. We also have like co contributors, um, Bar Wrestling, which is owned by Joey Ryan's on there. Um, a whole bunch of them. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. There's, um, you know, there's uh, probably 70 women's matches, probably 120, 130 men's matches on there so far. And, you know, it's just weeks and weeks worth of watching. Um, like us on Facebook at uh, AtomicProWrestling.com. Oh, no, it's uh, AtomicChampionshipWrestling.com. ACW uh, Pro Wrestling on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Real Twisted Tate on Twitter, Twisted Tate on Facebook, Tate Hammer, whatever you want to get a hold of me on is uh, the best way I have no idea what my Instagram is so <laughs> I can I'm, I'm kind of new that. I'm kind of new to the Instagram world it might be real twisted Tate on Instagram as well but uh, if I could sign up yeah, I, have, I, I have no idea but you definitely uh, definitely come out check out the show the website's at uh, atomicprowrestling.com 
Um, you can buy tickets through the website. You don't have to leave your house to buy them. There's a, um, um, a ticket outlet in Nefford, Pennsylvania. It's a retro and new video game store called Complete in Box. Um, that's just worth going to in itself. There's arcade machines and they're on free play. So take your kids, go have a good time. Um, that's pretty much it. You know? Real Twisted Tape on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, on Instagram. There you go. I needed help with that. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate the you know you traveled out here. The long, long for me, thirty minutes is ridiculous. I, I I wouldn't have done it. But uh, thanks for coming on the show, and I appreciate you being here, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. That's the show this week. Thank you, Tate Hammer, for being on the show. Wicked Tate, Twisted Tate, Tate Hammer. Check us out on Instagram at the I'm Just Saying Show. Don't be afraid to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash I'm Just Saying with Justin Worley. It's probably way too long. That's probably not what it actually is. Just look up I'm Just Saying with Justin Worley in your little search thing on Facebook and we'll call it a day. Uh, check us out on Instagram on the I'm Just Saying Show, on Twitter at Justin Worley, at Justin Worley. Uh, we're also on Stitcher now. So don't forget to look us up there. YouTube as well. The I'm Just Saying Show with Justin Worley. Or I'm Just Saying with Justin Worley. I don't know what these are. Search them out. You'll find them. We'll be there. Appreciate you listening. See you next time.